0: Hey everybody, my name is Alston. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Colton. And we are three close friends who have a desire to share our lives, experiences, and our pursuit of Christ all from a biblical
1: perspective. You're listening to the Exiles Podcast. Let's talk about it.
2: All right, here we go. I think one of those days that's going to come really natural to you. And on it, that day, I'm going to.
0: You got to remember, for, for a year and a half now, I've been saying the same thing.
1: You every are a week. pastor, man.
2: I don't, I don't care. That's the whole point of being a pastor is that you can just flow with the new, the new stuff. With <laughs> is that hands. one of the qualifications? He's Absolutely. not anymore, and so he lost that ability. That's right. Oh, that's <laughs> what it is. You, never, you lost the ability. Oh, that hurt really
0: bad. Okay. Uh, just hit the man. wise he's down? That's fine. I get it. Why are you down? Um. Man, I—I'll be honest. I really like be like pasturing
1: is a lot of fun. It's a—it's a joy from the Lord. It really is. I would, you know, I would think more into it, but I just don't like cows. What? was <laughs> it pasturing or pastoring? Pastoring. Oh, I thought we were talking about something different.
2: <laughs> that was, like that, terrible. Eating cows, that was terrible. That was terrible.
0: Particularly wagyu beef in the form of a smash burger. All right. All right, so we actually had a question sent in by one of our listeners that we get to answer today. Jonathan, this is one of your listeners. Yeah. This is one of my...
1: One point five listeners. One point five? There's a half of one. Put We're in. all tied currently at one point five listeners. I've got at least twelve. No, no, I do. I, I'm pretty sure I've had this
0: thing the longest. I'm pretty sure I got like I got the heads up on like at least 14.
1: Oh, I forgot. He's the lead podcaster. If you listen to the last one, he is the lead <laughs> I, podcaster. He it, dictates why is last... to us yeah. um what we say and what we do. We're D- on a pretty short leash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: hey, if you guys don't if you guys don't get it together you're gonna end up like Andrew.
2: What happened to Andrew?
1: He's not. He's no. He longer hated been, the man so much he moved from Cleveland. <laughs> he's no longer on the podcast. <laughs> he not only did he kick him off the podcast, he moved two and a half hours away from him, so he
2: couldn't do it. What a savage!
0: It was. Um, it was a difficult decision, but it was a necessary decision to keep the keep the podcast alive,
2: which well, we talked about last but, week. So listen to it. You know what?
0: I wonder. I wonder if Andrew actually listens to the podcast. You know, he's not listening to the podcast. You don't think so? I, All right, look, for for a year and a half, Brad Beckwith never listened to the podcast. (laughs) He listened to our intro, and I was like, out of all the podcasts you could have listened to, all the ones that we've done this year. Well, he knew me and Colton were going to be on. It's like, That's what it was.
2: I know those guys. It's
0: It's more so Colton. He likes Colton a lot more. Me and Brad
2: have always had a really great relationship. He called me after you left and said, "Do I want to come be the youth pastor. No, he he did not. (laughs) I said, (laughs) I can't. No, No, he did did. not.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So, Colton. What's the question, big dog? No, Jonathan. What is the question?
1: Uh, you you're, the, you're the boss, man. I don't remember uh, you're it? the one. I
0: know what the question is, but this is Jonathan's listener. You got to represent. Nobody told me we were talking about this. Wait, it's in the group chat. It's literally in the group chat. Uh, you think I read that? All right. Where's so, the question at? Pull it up and read it. I don't know the exact question, like how he well, worded you should, it, but you I know he. Respect my buddy. And read what's it? What's your buddy's name? I bet I know it. We
1: really failed. I know my sense. buddy's name. I know him personally. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's my buddy.
2: <laughs>
1: he's not your buddy he's not your buddy he's my buddy all right it's seth
0: do you have it? are you pulling it up i got it pulled up maybe. all right go ahead colton what's the it's question it's not
2: like a super easy question all right so There's several he,
0: questions i was just going to condense it down to just we've like...
2: got a guy a listener out there mr seth won't say the last name out of respect for privacy right some hipaa law something like that seth has asked us to talk a little bit about seminary and the role that it plays in the life of someone who aspires to work in full-time ministry. So I think what we'll really talk about tonight is, right, who should go? Really, what's it for? When should they go? Dangers, benefits. I mean, let's just talk, This is and this is going to be a broad topic for 20 minutes. We don't have time to get into everything, but we just want to give a, We all three of us have had seminary in some sort of fashion in our past. We're going to talk a little bit about our experiences, what the Lord has shown us and taught us, in our last couple of years since we've been, or since we were in it, so so let's talk about seminary, right? What I, is the role of its in the life of someone who wants to aspire to work in full time ministry?
0: I can
1: tell you what Jonathan thinks. Me too.
2: <laughs> All right, Jonathan, you.
0: go ahead.
1: Well, I guess I'll go ahead and tell you what you what I think, since Austin already knows. He 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 might be surprised by what I'm about to say. Actually, I don't think I will because I think you might be surprised what I'm going to say.
2: And I think you'll both be surprised what I <laughs> okay, <would> say. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so seminary.
1: <laughs> uh, seminary is kind of a complicated topic for me. So as we joked about before, um, I did do uh, about a year for the seminary. I got 21 hours from the same seminary that Colton went to. And the, so,
2: the, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yes, I'm,
1: I'm a quarter. I'm a quarter scholar. That's right. (laughs) Um, Now, so, yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to condense this pretty quickly here. So this is what I'm going to do. Why was I going to seminary? So um, much like these guys, I had a desire for many years to go into some sort of pastoral ministry, whether that be teaching or preaching or, I don't know, whatever that looked like, right? So I had a desire to go into some sort of vocational ministry. And the Lord opened the door for some part-time type stuff, some interim stuff, youth stuff, youth intern, things like that. So I I was actively involved in those sort of things for several years. And the Lord just convicted me um, sort of along the lines of of what Colton was saying and along the lines of some other things that Austin was saying that uh, through my time in seminary and through some other things, the Lord convicted me that I just wasn't ready to be a pastor. I didn't have the personal holiness. I didn't have the the zeal that that was required to be a pastor i didn't have the wisdom that's required of a pastor i just didn't meet those qualifications and in my mind and in my heart i was a little ways away from that and so uh, the lord turned my heart away from pastoral ministry but i still want to be engaged in that sort of thing so i was like well you know what i'm gonna go to seminary Uh, i'm gonna pursue a phd because i love school i really enjoy undergrad i enjoy writing i enjoy reading i enjoy learning so i was gonna go through seminary get my MDiv, and get my phd uh and then as i'm in seminary um the lord changes my heart again and so the lord turned my heart away from that i was taking christian apologetics and i was reading this apologetics textbook and i've been th- i mean i've been reading theological stuff and i've been listening to sermons and i've been doing all these things for years right and i'm reading this apologetics textbook and i have to read the same pa- the same paragraph like 5 times to even like remotely understand what this guy is talking about and i'm like you know what this is kind of useless Like if you, (laughs) right, this theological (laughs) scholar is absolutely useless to me. No, what I'm saying is like for 99% of your church people, this is useless. Like if you have a guy who's been, you know, interacting with like, with upper level literature, upper level theological material for years, and then like, I'm just like really struggling to grasp what this dude's talking about. Like this is useless to the flock, right? And so like, that was kind of one of the things, like the Lord really turned my heart away from like, sort of the scholarly nature of seminary. Like I did a lot of literature stuff and like they're really big on theorists and thinkers and these particular, you know, lenses of critical theory and analysis and things like that. And I get to seminary, there's some of that. I kind of got turned off from that. But ultimately, as these guys stated, the Lord really convicted me that I was failing in some really simple things. I was failing... In some ways, as a husband, I was failing. Some ways, as a brother, I was failing. We pointed
0: that out. No, so, I no you... they
1: they were saying so. You could, you you said you were failing as a husband. Oh, he was gotcha. as a leader. That was in the last episode. That gotcha. was the last okay. episode. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. In the last episode, I'm referring to. I'm My just bad. assuming that our listeners are faithful, as you guys are. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the Lord just convicted me in some other things, and uh, so I took a step back from seminary to work on those things to work on being a better husband to work on being more holy to work on loving the lord more to look work on being more hospitable and really engaging in the lives of my church family and getting to know those people and learning how to love them well and so that's my personal seminary journey after these guys talk a little bit we'll circle back all right so to my opinion on seminary so, well, I didn't know we were going to go our personal seminary route. Well, you don't have
0: to. No, I, I, I mean I will. It's but like, there's a lot of what I really agree with what you're saying as far as like, I think what you're about to get to. So I'm I'm looking forward to having that part of the conversation. I me mean, personally, one thing that I really appreciate my seminary professors. They were always there for me. They always held me to a high standard. They led me to deeper. Um, thoughts about Christ and his word and helps me organize my thoughts about scripture and how to read text. And like, I really appreciated my time in seminary. The one thing that I would say that if I could go back and do it all over again, one thing I would change, I would go in person. I would go in person for, I think a lot of the reasons why you, uh, a lot of the reasons of what you were describing just then, what was happening to me is that I'm learning, like I'm in ministry and, and I'm learning all these things, these philosophies of ministry, these deep theological things. And like, as they're coming to me, I'm like, I'm like puking them out towards others. And so like the student ministry is just like, change, change, change. As I'm like, I'm, I'm shaped as I'm being molded and shaped. I'm trying to mold and shape them with me. And it wasn't until I graduated from seminary this last semester and a half where it finally kind of, we caught a rhythm of like, let's breathe and just enjoy the word, you know? And so like, for me, as much of a blessing as seminary was after the fact I realized that man, just not being on staff somewhere and just going and being at the seminary in person with those people would have been would have benefited me a lot more had I, you know, gone instead of done it all online and worked in ministry at the same time. Cause I was like it's like putting a guy on training wheel or putting a kid on training wheels and like say, All right, go and like you're supposed you he's expected to be like the best bike rider in the world like that's just not gonna happen
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's so interesting because all three of us have different so my opinion at the end of this and you'll hear them all it'll probably line up but i'm so thankful that i didn't go in person to seminary right and it's because as i was in the midst of being a youth minister to so many kids with going through so many different things i'm taking biblical counseling classes i'm taking how to preach the word classes i'm teaching or i'm taking hermeneutical classics classes, systematic theology classes. And and for me, it wasn't a, I'm going to take my students on this journey with me. It was as, as I was listening to my professors, who, by the way, if you're not aware, most professors at seminaries today are still pastors or elders on staff at the churches that they serve in their communities. So I'm not learning from a bunch of disconnected men. I'm learning from pastors serving in their local body about how everything that we learn is a part of what you're going out and doing and serving your own community. So for me, it was as as I'm learning about biblical counseling, I have had, I've got students in my youth ministry that are going through divorces and they're going through very difficult situations and they're asking these deep questions of how could we let this happen or how, why would the Lord let this happen? And so I'm taking what I'm learning in seminary and I'm getting to apply it in my everyday mundane life as a youth minister. And so for me, I was very appreciative of that because what I've, what I've started to see is among a majority of churches today, there, there seems to be this lack of a desire from an elder to teach younger men to be pastors and to truly be pastors, right? So maybe they'll disciple you in studying through Deuteronomy. but what does it mean to actually take the scripture and then apply it to then live it out in the everyday life of the sheep? You know, And so I was very grateful because I did learn those things at seminary. So even though I'm studying under men who aren't there with me, I was able to take everything that I'm hearing from them and then take it back to my own church and apply it with, with my own students and my teaching and my walking and, and everything else. So I wasn't a guy who cared all about the philosophies and all that stuff. I, I didn't do well in all of my philosophical classes just because that's not what really intrigued me. What I cared about was how do I take the word how to apply the word so I can better help my flock. And that's what, that's what seminary did teach me. So I was very grateful for it.
0: So I think to get to the question about like, it's like the benefits of seminary and that right there, I I would say that if you are in a healthy, so like I I used to lean to like seminaries are really good. If you're called into ministry, you need to go. I don't lean that way anymore. I think that it's, it's a case by case Thing so, like, fair. I think, um, like, like, in the situation at Grace right now, like, like, there's a very healthy church surrounded by a healthy body of believers, uh, surrounded by pastors who want to love and raise up the flock and to in- encourage and equip the saints for the work of ministry. You see them wanting to raise up and pray, they're constantly praying that the Lord would raise up from the harvest laborers to go be sent out to be church planters and to be like qualified men. They talked about that that this past Sunday that they want to raise up qualified men to go out and to plant churches, to establish churches. And so when you have a when you have pastors like that, like praise the Lord, go be a part of that church, sit underneath those pastors, do the work that those pastors are doing, and as time goes on, it might take you longer than a kid in seminary, but as time goes on, you're going to benefit a lot more because you're going to be doing it in stride with them. So that would be one. Like if you're in a healthy situation like that, if you're not, my second option would be move to the seminary. Cause you know what you find in those seminary towns,
2: healthy churches, healthy
0: churches with professors who are pastors, who are eager to walk students alongside them Amen. in the church. And Absolutely. so, so really what I'm saying is, is that the only time I would say it's necessary is if you find yourself in an area where you don't really have healthy churches, sure. go and be a part of, a seminary that can help you—I I don't want to say put you on the fast track to ministry because I think that that's a very, very poor view of seminary. Seminary is not a fast track to ministry. It is the—it is—it does organize, I think, for you things that are going to be taught to you that are necessary for ministry. And and I think it puts it all together. I
2: think it'll help identify if you're qualified. Honestly, I think there's an aspect of it. If you're going to the seminary and you're a part of these churches. And not only are you sitting under the, the you know elders at the church, you're sitting under the professors. You're going to be around other people who want to be qualified, who have a desire for it. Hopefully, they're also going to identify if you're qualified, and they're going to be able to help you know mold you to go. Here's an area of your life that we don't see as is qualified or not. I think that's a big aspect of it too.
0: Yeah, I feel, you you want to say something?
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, he does. When you
0: when you think about, I it. have something to add to that, but. Yeah,
1: I think there's something really important to notate. If, if you're a young man thinking about seminary, uh, there's something really important to get straight in your mind, and that's that a seminary degree does not Qualify. equal being qualified sure. for pastoral ministry. Absolutely. And so as you consider those things, as you consider that pursuit, you need to have a sobriety about you. Uh, maybe you find yourself, maybe you're a young guy, or maybe you're an older man, or whatever the case may be, maybe you're... You are a pastor and you're pastoring. That's a different category. That's not necessarily who we're talking to right now. But as a young guy, like our experiences, uh, I would say that probably none of us when we started seminary were necessarily qualified to be pastors at the time. I I don't know if they would agree with that. I would agree. I would agree. And so I don't know if if all of us would have thought that at the time. That's a different conversation.
0: Oh, we didn't. (laughs) But let me tell you something.
1: Knowledge puffs up. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so it's really important to, to, to go with it in sobriety. Like, you know, if I'm pursuing this theological education, it doesn't mean that once I'm educated, I'm then qualified to be a pastor. That absolutely does not qualify you to be a pastor. There are other things that are, that are slightly more severe than that. A knowledge and the able to correct and to train and to rebuke and to, to protect the faith, those things are all parts of the qualifications to be a pastor, but that's not all of them. So if you're failing in some other major areas... Um, major areas that are sinful you should probably focus on that
0: i i do think though i don't want to take away i do think that there are some biblical i wouldn't say like there's nothing like prescriptive about seminary obviously but we do know that like if you think about to the jewish history like pharisees had to go like they sat in classes they learned from
1: that's right boys and girls if you want to be a pharisee go to
0: seminary (laughs) i'm just kidding Uh. (laughs) These religious leaders, though, there was a precedence of like, you're going to go and you're going to be educated in order to teach God's people the direction they need to go in and obeying the law
1: of God. It worked out real well for them. It and, did. in a small way, you also see <laughs> a In a slightly
2: different way, though, you also see Paul, right? So Paul doesn't get saved and then immediately begin his all of his all of his journeys, right? He he goes out into the wilderness, you know, for, for three years and is ministered to by the angels. Like I'm not saying seminary is us being ministered to by the angels, but there needs to be a legitimate understanding if, if you have a desire to be a pastor, right one, talk to your elders in your church. You have to talk to your elders in your church.
0: Because if they don't see it,
2: if they don't see it, don't
0: don't go run into another church who will just tag it on with you. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
2: But they're gonna be able to identify and say, Hey, we can help you in these things. We can help you in this. Like you may have you may have pastors in your church who can teach you how to preach or teach you how to walk through scripture hermeneutically or whatever. But you know what they may not be great at? Church history and things of that nature. And so those things are important for you to understand, guys. It's it's vital for you to understand the whole aspect of what the Bible teaches and church and what the church has been for thousands and thousands of years. And so there are aspects of seminary that I think are good for that purpose.
0: You, you know what? And like to that point, I think that there are certain things that if like and this is this is something I've just really thought about. Like I think that in some ways, like I took a class on discipleship you know and it's like i don't feel like i need to have a class on discipleship when that should be the job of the church absolutely yeah but not everybody in the church knows church history so i need that class you know like to help me think through some of these doctrines that the church throughout history has had to think through and wrestle with
2: mm.
0: i think the same thing with the, with the languages i can't just walk into my average local church not even the local church we're at now and like be like hey can you guys teach me greek and hebrew and then be like here now i know what jonathan's thinking right now like Yeah, you can do Greek and Hebrew, but like if you're not gonna like stay in it day after day, then that discipline, like be disciplined in it, is kind of useless. But I would say it can be. But what one thing that seminary did for me is it allowed me. It taught me how to think through. Like I don't, I can't look at a Greek word and be like that Greek word is this, but I can look. I know how to now study a Greek word. That I didn't know how to before that I can like look at that and be like, okay, I know what that means. I know what that means. I know what that means. Now I can begin to piece. What is this word illustrating or what is this word
2: you like? How is this word used in context, especially the context of what's happening in the first century? For sure. Yeah, for sure. What do you got to add?
1: I think there's a lot that we could add. I I I do want to answer my question very quick. Answer the question very quickly. Like, what's my opinion on it? And I think I'm I'm with I'm with Austin in a lot of ways that it can be a helpful tool. I am definitely not anti seminary and I'm not pro seminary. I am of the opinion that seminary is a tool in the toolbox that if it can be utilized and you need to utilize it, then do it. That's great. There's so much great information. I'm personally grateful for my time in seminary. I learned a lot of things. I have books, not but two or three feet from us that I bought for my seminary classes that I'm very grateful that I own that I plan to reread through sometime. So it's a good thing. It can be a helpful thing, but it can be a bad thing. So approach all things with the wisdom of the Lord uh, through prayer and supplication. Seek the Lord. Seek counsel from your pastors, from your peers, and say, Hey, do you see this as a possibility? Do you you think this is a wise opinion for me? And uh, if they say no, then you really need to consider that.
2: I would add from I would just add from Scripture Titus chapter two. Paul oh, I knew he was going to do it. You knew it. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are be are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent to behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be I'm self-controlled, pure. And then he also says, likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respect to be a model of good works and in the teaching and then show integrity and dignity. And there's so much more there to say, but as Christians, our goal, and if your goal is to one day be a pastor, right, identify what the scripture says is, is the qualifications. Identify if you meet those qualifications. If not, what do you need to change in your life? And if there is a need for you to learn the scriptures in a deeper way, then that's where I would really say press into this. But as you press into it, don't go into don't go into a church or go down the pathway of being a pastor uh, before, I would say, you feel qualified or you've you recognized the qualifications. Other people have recognized the qualifications. I would say be
0: affirmed by your church.
2: Be affirmed by the church, but also... Don't go into a pastorate with very little knowledge scratch, of what the scriptures say. I want to
0: scratch that wording. Be affirmed by like we see the pastors first seeing this and then in the scriptures and then the church affirming it too. So like, yeah. like the spirit will make aware of those around you that this is this is a good thing that the Lord has provided.
2: Yeah. And, and I just I think on the on the other side of Jonathan, right? The the seminaries add so much knowledge that I think local pastors sometimes they they don't have it the scriptures. They just they sometimes just don't. Like and that's no that's not saying anything against them. I just think there are aspects of seminary that gives that we want to be as knowledgeable about what the Bible says as possible so that we don't walk into our congregations and and give them bad doctrine or bad theology or bad anything bad that what we see in scripture. And so be very careful to not just go yeah, seminary is all, you know, if it's all just whatever, we want to recognize that it has lots to offer and if you utilize it well with the local church, that's where it, I think it's that's where it's modified the best. All
0: right. I got I got one more thing I want to add. And this is really to kind of push back against your like your like you liking the online so much. One thing I would push back against with anybody who would prefer online over being there in person is that I believe that you can get so caught up in gaining a lot of knowledge without practice mm. that you find yourself in a similar position as the Ephesians when Jesus writes the letter in Revelation chapter two. And he says, sound doctrine, you got that. Fighting off false teachers, you got that. But you know what you forgot? Your first love. Mm. Yeah. And so I think that one one danger in seminary, and, and I, I, I found this, man, like I lost the delight for the word because I was delighting in the theological studies from the seminary. True. And and so like it is it is very dangerous. One one of the dangers I think of seminary is that we can get so caught up in gaining lots of knowledge without ever practicing the grace of it. And what what does Peter say? He says grow in the grace. He puts that word first, grow in the grace of Christ and the knowledge of Christ. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so Which is why, if you are bound to do it online, it's really important to do that with your church. Under the oversight of your pastors, with your brothers and sisters, you can use that knowledge where you are. It can bless people, for sure. Just don't go into your closet, hoard up all that theological knowledge, and say, one day I'm going to go be a pastor, because that one-day nonsense is useless to you and to everybody around you. If you're going to do it, do it with people. Share your knowledge, share your insight, and ask your pastors to watch your heart.
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely.
2: I think we'd all say seminary good when utilizing the proper way with the local church. Just as any gift from the Lord. Absolutely. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for us tonight. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at the Exiles Pod, as well as private message us any questions you may want answered. You can also contact us with your questions at by emailing us at theexilespod at gmail.com we have a new podcast every Tuesday that we drop before you exit off be sure to leave a review, share this episode with your friends, give us a like and until next time, peace. See you. Goodbye. <laughs>